This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome. It's a beautiful day in the Midwest today. We have blue skies, crystal clear blue skies. A little chilly, a little nip in the air, but it's nice when the sun's shining. Probably a high of 50 degrees today. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful day. If you haven't subscribed to my channel yet, you can go to AffirmAmerica.com. Give us your email address. We'll make sure you get notice on a new episode. Reach me by email at marquis at affirmamerica.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-I-S at affirmamerica.com. Thanks for joining us today. We have day's news that you can use. And let's take a look at the top headlines. Let's take a look at the Washington Times. They're reporting that Russia cuts off gas supplies to Poland and Bulgaria. Russian energy behemoth Gazprom on Wednesday shut off gas supplies to Poland and Bulgaria after the countries refused to pay in rubles. The decision is the latest instance of Russia lashing out at countries for supporting Ukraine as Moscow batters the Donbass region of its neighbor. It is unclear why Poland and Bulgaria were targeted since other countries have refused the Kremlin's demands for payments in Russian currency. Though the initial shutoff could be viewed as a warning to others, Hungary is the only European Union country that offered to pay in rubles. Poland won't face an emergency right away, but supply for the rest of the year will be tight, according to the BBC, which reported that Poland's state gas company bought 53% of its gas imports from Gazprom in the first quarter down from 61% in the whole of last year, but still a lot of supply to replace. Also Wednesday, there were a number of explosions on Russian territory near Ukraine. At least one of the explosions hit an ammunition depot, according to the New York Times. The blasts raised the prospect of a widening conflict and fears that Moldova and its breakaway region, Transnistria, could be drawn into the fight too, due to the mysterious explosions on its soil. So again, it comes back to the same issue, Biden administration cutting off energy production here in the U.S. These are the consequences. We have geopolitical consequences. When we become dependent on oil from totalitarian dictators like Putin and Russia, and that's why exactly why we need to produce our own oil here in the U.S. until such time that we can replace fossil fuels with some magic, non-polluting energy alternative. The only one that is even close on the horizon right now is micro-nuclear facilities where we can use very clean nuclear energy to replace fossil fuels. That's the only thing that currently is a viable source. So unfortunately, the far left has hijacked the Biden administration and they're cutting off our own production and forcing us to buy oil from these other totalitarian countries, which does not make any sense at all. If you were smart, you would continue to produce your own oil and at the same time work on 
alternative energy sources until such time you can replace your own production. Unfortunately, the left is never has common sense. They're always on the wrong side of the issue. All right, number four, Beijing residents begin panic buying amid lockdown rumors. Basic supplies started to fly off supermarket shelves over the weekend as authorities warned of a grim situation and schools and gyms began to close down amid reports that the coronavirus had been spreading stealthily in the city for almost a week. Shoppers flocked into stores to stock up on vegetables, toilet paper, and instant noodles, anticipating the imminent announcement of harsh restrictions to curtail their movements. Social media was flooded with photos of empty shelves and some online grocery apps ran out of supplies. The city of more than 20 million people have reported almost 100 cases since Friday. The local government rushed to seal off residential areas with confirmed cases and ordered three rounds of mass testing this week in 11 out of 16 districts. Activities involving large crowds will be halted and residents are urged to avoid unnecessary travel out of Beijing ahead of a five-day national holiday. Local officials warned there would be further increase in cases, but called for calm and assured residents there were sufficient food supplies. So again, this is typical of um, uh, socialist countries, totalitarian dictatorships. Uh, We saw it here in the U.S. with the mass lockdowns, which did absolutely nothing to curtail the COVID virus. And now we're seeing this happen in Beijing, just like we saw in Shanghai, where they locked down 25 million of their citizens in their apartments. They even padlocked the doors from the outside to trying to get a handle on the COVID. Uh, Only 100 cases on a single day out of 20 million people is a very, very small percentage. And most of the COVID viruses are, are not much more than flu type symptoms. So uh, you really have to question what the purpose is behind their motivation. This is what totalitarian countries like to do. They like to control the masses. So again, Beijing residents begin panic buying amid lockdown rumors. All right, top headline number three, Harvard joins other Ivy League universities in looking into their own history of slavery. Looking to set up memorial and pay reparations, Harvard University is committing $100 million to study and redress its ties to slavery. The university presidents announced Tuesday, and with that money will create an endowed legacy of slavery fund, which will continue researching and memorializing that history, working with descendants of black and Native American people enslaved at Harvard, as well as their border communities. With the announcement, Harvard joins many other universities, including Brown, Georgetown, and Princeton Theological Seminary, that are not just grappling with their complicity in the institution of slavery, but also putting financial resources behind efforts to make amends. The National Review, other ideas include honoring enslaved people through memorials, research and curriculum, and creating partnerships with historically black colleges and universities and tribal colleges. The committee also recommends the funds go toward identifying and building relationships with the direct descendants of enslaved people who worked on the Harvard campus 
or who were enslaved by the university's leadership, faculty of staff. So uh, again, what's up with all the so much focus on racism and slavery? Why are we seeing so much uh, focus on this? What's the motivation behind it? Sure, slavery was a, a bad stain on our history, but America is not the only country that was into slavery. Mass exodus of slaves from Africa to the Arab nations happened. There's many incidents of slavery in other countries around the world, the Chinese, the North Koreans, and the Koreans. So it's not just an American issue as the left would like you to believe, that we're the only ones that had slavery. It's really a wedge issue to try to divide the American people along racial lines, and it's not a good thing. You see the results of it's intensifying the racial issues in our country. It's not quelling those, those feelings. It's actually bringing them up to a point that's aggravating the racial issues. It's not solving them. We have to look at them beyond race and not to always focus on race. We all come from God. We're all God's children, and we have no race. We all come from the same creator. That's the way that you solve racism is to see each other as God's children and realize that we have no racial connection at all. Race is an illusion created by man himself. All right, number two headline, EPA Secretary Jennifer Granholm wants to eradicate fossil fuels. Following the bleak example of California, President Biden's Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm known for laughing when asked what the Biden administration would do to lower gas prices, is now talking about how the whole country should look to California as an example for its plan to eradicate fossil fuels and go fully electric, something that hasn't gone well in the Golden State and few Americans elsewhere want. Asked about Los Angeles's plan to have zero emissions by 2028, and Governor Newsom's plan for California to only sell electric vehicles by 2035. Secretary Granholm said the state's goals are real and declared California is on the leading edge of this clearly. RNC research, Democrats want to force you to buy an an expensive electric vehicle, and if you can't afford it, too bad. So there you go again. This is the same playbook, same type of control coming from the federal government, thinking that they know what's best for you and me and how to solve the energy issues that the far left seem to be pushing on the American people. The New Green Deal, the climate folks, the climate hoax folks out there. This is uh, very much politically driven. There's still no definitive proof, scientific evidence, that the climate change is a direct result of man's consumption of fossil fuels. The earth is always in a state of flux in temperatures. Based on the sun, the sunspots, climates are constantly changing. And there's still no proof that climate is directly related to fossil fuel fuel consumption. So uh, we have to understand who's behind it, what the motivation is, and where it all stems from. All right, number one, 
FBI Director Christopher Wray on violence directed at police, unlike anything I've seen in my 36 years of law enforcement. FBI Director Christopher Wray addressed the skyrocketing rate of murders against police officers Sunday, saying the surge is for far outpacing general violent crime. Ray made the comments during a 60 Minutes interview on Sunday, saying murders of police officers rose 59% in 2021. Total murder rate rose 29% last year, and the U.S. lost 73 police officers to such attacks in 2021. Violence against law enforcement in this country is one of the biggest phenomena that I think doesn't get enough attention. Ray said, adding that officers are being murdered at a rate of nearly one every five days. So again, this is, uh, this is a big problem. This is the defund the police narrative that uh, Black Lives Matter, the far left, are perpetrating on the American people, thinking that defunding the police or letting criminals off for strict violations of the law is going to solve the problem. We can see exactly how that's reflected in states like California and particularly Los Angeles with the District Attorney Gascon, who has released over 5,900 cases of violence and law-breaking in that city and how it's destroyed that city. So this idea of defunding the police is the solution to solving crime in our cities is absurd. Uh, Mayor Giuliani proved that back in the 80s when he inherited the worst crime in New York City's history when he came in and cleaned it up through more policing. So it's not defunding police or not supporting the police, but it's actually encouraging police activities. Now, there's always a few bad apples, but these are very small percentages overall the police do a very good job. So the FBI Director Ray is exactly on target. There is increased murders for police officers, and that's not a good thing for any of us. All right, that's your top five headlines for today, April 27th, 2022. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.